Welcome back to episode 28 of the Run It Three Ways podcast. I've returned from my remote island getaway to see the boys have been out running hard. Tom has been pumping iron in the gym and it's only days away from his return to running, whilst Callum has a, run another PB out in Germany. As always, we chat through our training, recap the latest res- race results, answer some of your questions. Firstly, boys, how are we doing? Nice, Ben. You read that like you're reading a script, mate. Is that just off the top of your head? Yeah, just literally come out of my mouth as I was as I was thinking. Oh, sounded nice like, yeah, sounds like the intro to a radio show or something, that didn't it? I, we should honestly each one the listeners should guess who's written the intro because obviously Ben always reads them, but you could it's so obvious when it's written in my wording and not in Ben's. Because, <laughs> I uh... so much to read yeah. somebody else's writing. I don't know why. Oh no, oh no. Maybe anyway. my mild dyslexia, but um, yeah. How are we doing, boys? I'm all good. I'm all good. How are you? Not too bad. Just got back from little trip down to london my housemate was doing a bit of a pop-up uh shop today so it's just down to support her how did and it go yeah she she did pretty well actually it's an absolute scorcher every day so i don't think it, the the actual place was packed today but i think she made about 10 sales which she was pretty chuffed with she said if she'd made five sales it would have been an okay day so 10 is looking good awesome yeah, does, nice. she have a, does she have a card machine she does indeed yeah oh good good because one the, of my all the jazz one of my uh, bugbears from, I mean, it's been a few years since I've been, you know, look, going to pop-ups and vintage sales and that sort of thing. But I always used to think, like, why the heck do you not have a card machine? It's going to cost you a, a couple of quid to buy it, you know, 30, 40 quid. And then it's going to cost you a couple of pennies every time someone uses it. You know, what are we doing just having cash about? So I'm really pleased that she's got that. She was shout out a brand just for that? Yeah, why not? De Novo Artem is her brand on Instagram. There you it go. Mean, mm. It means the new art. Not sponsored. It's a nice clubber. No, not sponsored. Are they yeah, going to make stuff. some? Are they going to make some performance gear? Performance? Range? No, definitely not. Oh, okay, fair enough. Tried. <laughs> but anyway, what have you guys been up to? I um, <laughs> I became an uncle this week. No Wee. way! Did you? Yeah. Congratulations. Oh. Yeah. You should be congratulating, really. But yeah, my sister, my sister had a baby. Um, is it? That's, it, it, that's cool. Is 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 it? Does it have a gender? Has it been assigned a, a gender? Yeah, I don't know what their preferred pronouns are yet, but um, their name is Taylor. So, boy. Nice. Nice. Boy. Yeah. Very nice. I've, when, when it, it, does your sister live local? Like, will you get to be on uncle duties anytime soon, or is it going to be a little bit yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to go. We're recording this on a Sunday. I'm hoping to visit uh, early next week, maybe Monday or, or Tuesday. Um, oh. She lives on a boat, my sister. So, no way. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, she lived on the boat for a few years. So um wow. yeah. Bit of an interesting one. Um, did she give birth on the did she give birth on the water or was she uh <laughs> was she at the hospital? No, she didn't. It was in uh it was in the hospital. Yeah. Um lovely stuff. Well that's blown my week out of out, out completely, you know. Yeah. I, I haven't got anything to compete with. New life in the world. The uh the the ultimate act of nature. All I did was <laughs> all I did was run it. All I did was run a fifteen hundred. So there you go. Do you know what? You had oh, some fun absolutely... on the way home as well, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Lufthansa absolutely royally shagged me with that issue. <laughs> Apparently there was a storm, but the clouds looked non-existent to me apart from half an hour of rain. So yeah, that, we'll come on. We'll come on to that in my week. But um, yeah, I'm over it now. I'm over it. Good, good. As you can tell, obviously, still not talking about it. Not going to do a whole podcast about it. Over it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, should we dive into some running? Because, Ben, you've done loads of training and people are on the edge of the seat to find out the ifs, ifs, ands and whys about the runs that you did this week. Oh, I can't mm-hmm. wait for this. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's it. do it. Why not? So I've been on holiday this week in the lovely Isle of Mull, which is a Scottish island. Um, very, very remote. Our uh, house that we stayed in was um, down a road that was six kilometres long uh, before you got to any sort of main road. So... In order to start any of my runs, I had to pretty much run up a small mountain or a pretty big hill um, by my standards anyway, uh, to get to to anywhere that was remotely flat. Um, And I soon found out that there wasn't any flat in uh, the Isle of Mull. So, yeah, this week was a little bit different. Um, It's probably one of the hardest training locations. uh, Well, hardest places I've tried to train, uh, period. So I'll start off going through my week. Started with a 90-minute run on Monday morning. Um, This was 19 kilometres at 4.58 pace. Uh, And if you want to have a little look at the elevation on these runs, basically every run starts with about three or four kilometres of uphill running, followed by three kilometres of downhill, and then it sort of levels off when you get towards the the water uh, and the local sort of bay. So, yeah, an interesting, um, interesting run to start the week. I think my first few kilometers were around seven minutes per K. And then when you get down to the flat, obviously you can run sort of normal, easy run pace. And then every run back to uh, the little house, you have to go down the hill. But it was one of those hills that was so steep that you couldn't really run down it because you just lose control. So you're constantly trying to put the brakes on. So, um, yeah, my quads took an absolute battering from from this hill. Um, I noticed that my sort of IT band area was getting just really sore from the sort of the breaking sensation of running downhill. But um, yeah, that was my Monday run, 90 minutes easy. Um, and this was a very much nature, exploring, um, walking, whatever you want to call it, holiday. So um, it was quite difficult to get my training done this week with various sort of boat trips or hiking excursions, but uh, I did my best. Um, so that was Monday. On to Tuesday. Or was Hang that on. Monday? No, that's Hang Monday on. evening. Sorry. Yeah, you've missed your walk here that you've logged on Strava. Oh, yeah. Do you want want me to log my walk? Sorry, let me have a look at this walk. I've not seen. All right. Yeah, okay. Pretty hefty walk. Uh, More orienteering uh, on the rocks. Averaged 43 minutes per kilometre for a 3.15k walk in uh, 54 minutes of moving time. So, yeah, that was a a pretty strenuous activity for for the afternoon. Work up an appetite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then on to behind this being on on strava by the way what's the um because you started... thought it'd be nice you've... to upload some pictures and yeah why not hey? you know on holiday i was expecting to log pretty much all of the the walking and hiking that i did in the week just to to keep account of it all um but yeah that was, core, um, was say, monday core childhood memory unlocked on that last picture with that caramel bar thing oh yeah God, I remember those. They used to be packed they're, into they're my, my school lunchbox. They were. Did you know that seven million of those are sold per week? And did Still. you, also, did you yeah. also know that a guy that I coach, who I'm not going to call out on uh, on this <laughs> podcast, a guy that I coach, a uh, lovely bloke from Scotland, actually messaged. Did he? Me- I don't know if he messaged the podcast account or me personally. And he, with when Ben put that on his story, and he said, "Can you tell Ben that in Scotland this is the basic bitch snack item?" So. um there you go. That's how <laughs> that's how common they Hush. must be. That's how that's how common they must be in Scotland. Those bars. 
yeah someone messaged me to make sure i got some so when i was in the supermarket i did There you go. That's so the, there you go the, the two polars of the world. exactly uh so monday afternoon uh, i had a 30 minute run to do and i didn't fancy going up the hill for probably the fourth or fifth time at this point because my legs were battered so put my running shoes on headed down to the only flat area within a probably 20 kilometer radius of of the house and just did 30 minutes up and down the beach which was actually really nice pretty solid surface um felt like running on grass type thing uh, just plodded along there for for 30 minutes had to turn around every 300 meters round a rock dodge some dead jod dodge some jellyfish but um yeah it's a good little run How accurate do you reckon that is on the GPS? uh well you've got a turn every 300 meters so probably not that accurate um But like, but it does when look you like i've been when in the sea doesn't it when you say three hundred meters though, is that just like a guess, or were you like looking at your watch and it was three hundred, three hundred, three hundred? Do you get what I mean? Yeah, no, I just, the first time I started my watch, I was like, I wonder how long the beach is. And it was just over 300 meters. So, uh, God, that is bleak. That isn't it. <laughs> That is. That I'll is. tell you what, though, it's, it's quite enjoyable. You turn around, you get to see different scenery. Like, it's just You like get running around to see the track. what different scenery. Yeah, Different scenery. Do you, do you understand how eyes work? look at, look at the, if you look at the little video, you've got a lovely bay. You've got like birds of prey flying around. You've got otters in the water. You had my family like messing about on the beach. Ben, in order for in order for seeing different things to be a selling point, it has to be something that's unique other against other runs where you explore miles and miles, and you've done the same three hundred meter stretch about however many times. I can't do the maths on that. And your selling point is, I got to see a lot of stuff. What are you going Yeah. to say next? I had salt water pumping through my veins. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is it's a very stimulating environment. There's lots to look at. You can look up the beach. You can look out to sea. Like It's not like running on a treadmill when you're just staring at a blank wall for Yeah, you hate 30 running on the minutes. treadmill, mate. So I'm glad that you got out Exactly. there and got yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's no different. You've, you've done nearly, tw you've done over twenty out and backs on that beach in that Yeah. thirty-minute stretch. That's And that I mean, was a lot better than running up a hill for four kilometers and then having to run down a hill. back in 30 minutes so yeah, why not, eh? if you'd have been there you'd have loved it mate No doubt. I'm not doubting it. I'm sure I would have. It does look like a lovely place to run, but um. Yeah, I mean, I would have just gone up the hill or I would have like got a lift to the top of the hill. I don't know, but I would have done something that wasn't that, basically. yeah fair enough <laughs> we're only on monday and there's still another strava upload <laughs> for the day to get through <laughs> well, the thing is, we've tackled we've, we've tackled the beach issue, I believe now. So when it surfaces later, I'm sure we'll have some other unique comments to make. But the core principle of why Ben has run on the beach that amount of times has now been explained. We know it's ridiculous. Ben knows it's ridiculous, but... You know, he's done it, hasn't he now? No going back. I think if you were there, though, you had the environment that I was running in. You don't know how remote this is. You don't know what the hills are like, you know. I've just, uh, I did a long run, which was 30 kilometers. I then did a 25 kilometer run the next Are you day. are you gonna cry? I'm You not don't gonna cry. you don't know what it's like. I had nothing left. I'm just saying that the environment that I was running in was challenging. And this was No. the best option. I get you. No, I get you. And do you know what? Credit to you. There's a lot of people that would have just not done their run, but you're committed to the cause and you did it. So, I, I Ben, I respect it. Thank I genuinely, you very much. genuinely do. But my job on this podcast is to wind you up, so I've got to do it. No worries. Yeah, Right. 30 minutes on the beach. Yeah. yeah. Can you go on to the S&C? Because I've got another comment about the S&C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> no, So no, no. Explain, explain. so Monday, me and um, Meg's cousin Hannah would be typically going to the gym to do our strength and conditioning workout. 
um, and she fancied doing it on holiday. So I'd already agreed to this. Um, so despite doing a couple of runs, I thought, why not? 30 minutes of, of S&C won't hurt. Um, so we did it in the in the games room. She brought a kettlebell with us. Um, we usually have one each, so we had to do alternating exercises. And um, yeah, I've added a little video there for you as well. I've got so many questions about this. The first thing is, I know it was remote, but was the kettlebell really necessary? Was that like a travel? What? Where was that on the priorities of packing? Yeah, I know. I didn't bring mine, so there we go. I was happy to skip it, but Hannah is very, very dedicated. She likes um, a routine, so I think she was keen to, to bring it and get that done. So. And then what's the exercise you're doing? How would you describe that for the, the audio listeners, which is everybody? Yeah, so I'm doing step backs in the video. Works lower back, stretches the hamstrings. And you set, is, is that like your tiptoes? Is is the hands? Is that exercising your hands or what? Oh yeah, yeah. You, you, you have to pray just to help with the balance, you know. Right. Keeps I'm you with, centered. I'm with you. Mm. L- looks good, Tom. Is yeah. that? Are you going to implement those into your S and C? Oh, 100. percent I've I've got a catch up call with Rose tomorrow, so I'm going to send her this video and say, "Oi, what's going on? It's a good Why one. You got me it's, a, um, it's a Vlad Ixel special trail running. Mm. Improves um single leg strength. Yeah, it's harder than it looks. I think, yeah, I to be fair, I actually have them for my rehab where I, st- but I have to stand on three books in order to do it. And I don't have to do the praying either. I don't know. Maybe the maybe I should implement that. Yeah, I'll give it a try. Yeah. It's better than leaving your hands dangling down. Then they don't know what to do. So yeah, your, hands would, that praying your, hand, your hands would simply not know what to do. So you've got to just get them together and just keep them in the middle. In exactly. Yeah. Fair enough, lad. No worries. Anyway, that's Monday done. Tuesday. That's Monday. Okay, Tuesday. So Tuesday was a big day out, I think. We went to the island of Iona, um, which was another little island off the, the Isle of Mull. Um, we did a full day of walking, explore, exploring. So we didn't get back to uh, the house until later that evening. Had dinner and then decided that I didn't want to just um, go off to bed like everyone else. So I went out for a run at nine o'clock. I was just going to go down to the beach and do another sort of 30 minutes on the beach um, but I decided to tackle some of the coastline, um, which was, yeah, as you can see from the video again, being uh, very generous with the videos this week, um, a very challenging terrain. So um, plan was to do about 30 minutes of easy running, ended up doing 50 minutes, uh, but at 6 minute 18 per kilometre. So very relatively slow to what I would usually do. Um, but given the terrain, that's probably as fast as you could go. Um, and then I finished with a little bit on the beach, but yeah, it was summer solstice this week, so it was light in the evenings up in Scotland until about, well, gone midnight, really. So you could sort of go for a run at eight, nine o'clock, knowing that you've got plenty of light. So, yeah, that was quite a, an interesting one. Nice little challenge. Um, a lot different to what I'm, I'm used to in terms of terrain, but a bit flatter than some of the other runs. Um, then on to Wednesday, which was uh, my workout day. So I had four by... I had 10 by four minutes, sorry, at threshold. Um, and as I, ex- as I explained, to get to anywhere flat, I'd have to sort of get somebody to drive me 20 kilometers away, uh, which I didn't really fancy doing. So I thought, let's just go down to the beach. I'd already done a 30 minute run there. So I knew the surface was, was fairly good um, in terms of, of running. And I did my threshold to effort. Um, so I sort of looked at my watch, made sure my heart rate stuck around that 170 to 174 beats per minute, which is where my... Uh, threshold would be on the road and yeah the workout was four by ten by four minutes sorry with a minute jog recoveries it was a good one part of them having to turn around every 300 meters like on the previous runs but um 
yeah, I'm glad I actually got that one done. It was a good quality run for the week, even though the paces were a little bit slower. So, um, uh, oh, the, the surface then that yeah. you're running on, is it? Describe it because it, it's it can't just be like sand. It's not right. It is sand, but it's very compact, like hard sand. It feels like it's almost harder than like a, a grass would be. Your foot doesn't mm. sink in. It, it is a pretty like high rebound surface. That's why I, after running on it on the on the Monday, I realised that actually the surface is pretty decent. Um, so yeah, used it for my threshold run as well. How um how long was the run to the to the beach? Actually, I can get it up in your splits, can't I? Uh, uh yeah, probably about three k. Oh no, less. No, much less. Yeah, to the beach is more like three four hundred meters from our place. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I've just got my calculator out, and if it's three hundred meters, you have done it, uh, nearly sixty times. Yeah. On on this day. It's pretty wow. hefty. Yeah. No, good, good stuff, Callum. Any remarks? Um, my only question for this one, and again, Tom, this actually brings you into the fold here as kind of expert in the industry. What are we saying the kind of carbon, <laughs> the carbon benefits are on this sandy beach? Where would Hoka, I presume it's Hoka, right? Yeah. Looks, looks like it from the colour. Where? What would they say? If you're a Hoka rep, Tom, imagine that. You're working for them or ProDirect. You're trying to sell a shoe. And a guy comes to you and he says, these shoes look amazing. I've heard that the real deal. I'm heading up to the Isle of Mull actually for seven days, and believe it or not, I've got to do. I've got to do a sixty times three hundred meter threshold. Now, do you, do you reckon these will be any good on on the sand? Uh, what What are you going to say? Yeah, that, that's what I was curious about the kind of density, I suppose, of this surface. Um, the, it's it's an interesting question you posed there, Callum. I'm not sure it's ever been asked in the history of humanity. I know um, and there's only there's only one man who's probably ever done it and we've got him live on the podcast Ben Ben <laughs> tell us special compared to compared to when you ran in your other trainers on the previous post what are we saying do you re- do you feel like you're in the zone with these we getting a good rebound oh yeah definitely much much more uh, responsive than the cloud monsters so good decision I bet the cloud monsters left some cool footprints though no in the sand they did yeah but I didn't get any stones so that was impressive but the um the Hocker Rocket X has also got quite a big um chasm in it. But yeah. Mm. It Are there right. any locals here? Do, does anybody like actually um live live here? No. Well, in this very area, this bay, there was like one big manor house, which is what we were staying in. Um mm. so I didn't see a single person like walk along the beach that we were staying at the whole week. So it's very remote. Um wow. so nobody would have seen me running up and down like a nutter, if that's what you're going going for. Yeah, I was just wondering. Like, th- this seems unbelievably remote, doesn't it? Yeah, it was. It was crazy. Like, I don't think I've ever been to a, a place like that before. I knew it was going to be far away. Like, we drove twelve hours to get there, but I didn't quite realize like the island itself has maybe two thousand inhabitants. So I was expecting wow. to see some people, you know. But the place where we chose to stay was literally right on the opposite side of the sort of populated area. So you've got literally nothing. There's one shop within a 10 kilometer radius. If you wanted to get to the next village, you had to drive for 45 minutes to get to a spa. So, yeah, I really had not much to work with, hence why I'm running up and down the beach. Is um is the, the shop the Penny Gale Stores and Post Office? Yes, it is indeed. Wow. Yeah. God, that looks absolutely miles away. It's pretty much on the other side of the island to where this beach is. Yeah, it's about seven and a half kilometers from where we're staying. 
Blimey. So if you run out of milk, you've got a 30 minute drive. But... Solid, well, yeah. so, so, solid session, that Ben. Well done. Yeah. Cheers, mate. I think, yeah, it actually was pretty good in terms of um, heart rate and relative effort. I picked up the last one um, and it felt good to get some sort of quality done. Um, went on holiday and that was, I did that early in the morning and then we went out and did another full day of exploring. So, yeah, busy one. Then on to Thursday. Um, <laughs> oh no, I've pulled my headphones out. <laughs> With the excitement of Thursday. Oh, sorry, I've pulled my headphone out there. Can you still hear me? Yeah. We, we, we can hear you, mate. Yeah, we're just, we just can't believe how excited you are to tell us about your. Temp, temp <laughs> oh, yeah, this, run. this is a great one. So we were driving again to some sort of remote place to go for a walk. Um, and we're basically going to be out all day. So I thought there's only the only way I'm going to get my run in today is if I basically start to run there. Um, and the place was about 25 kilometers away. Um, and we were planning on leaving at 11 o'clock. I should have started a little bit earlier than this. Um, but basically, I, I ran away from the car or the place where we were staying until I got caught up by um, by the family in the car and then jumped in. So I only made it six kilometers away. I was hoping to make it a little bit further, but um, yeah, that's my Thursday run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. When you're in holiday, mate, you just got you're clutching at straws to try and fit training can. in. So six kilometers was better than no kilometers for that day, I'll tell you that. So, so when you're driving to this destination, which is 25k away, yeah. is, I hope this isn't a stupid question, but is the terrain that you're driving on, is it all roads or is it a bit like when you see people in Iceland and you go a bit off down off the beaten track a little bit to get to these places? Yeah, no, this was all on a single track um, road. So you've got grass growing in the middle, that sort of thing. Wow. Um, but this was up the hill, then down the hill, basically. So, yeah, 150 metres of elevation in in a 5k run so hence why i didn't get too far away but um when, when the car was, when the car was nearby did you try and evade it as long as you can did you pick up the pace and sort I picked of it up a little bit yeah, i was like i can probably get away here but nah I, I admit a defeat i was hoping to get to at least 15k but didn't 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 get past six <laughs> you, so you had a, a 10 minute let, a 10, you had a 10 minute head start on a on a petrol or diesel vehicle and you thought you were going to get to 15k well, I thought I was going to get a little bit more of a head start, but they got ready a lot quicker than I thought. Right, so. right. Okay, I was going to say bloody hell. Yeah. Like, that was In hindsight, I should have I should have left earlier, but I wasn't quite sure when they were going to leave. Um, but yeah, what what I'm, what I'm getting at is um, obviously there's it's difficult terrain where you mm -hmm. are, but is is this the same road that you did that 30k? Yeah. Run so last week, every run I did that wasn't on the beach, you have to do this six kilometer run at the start and at the end. If that makes sense. So yeah. That's the only road. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to get to the the place where we're staying at. Wow! So yeah, me. on Friday, slowly getting through it. Um, I decided to do my long run for the week on this day because we were going to be travelling home on Saturday, and on Sunday I was going to be in London, which is today the day we're filming. Um, and this was a really wet, drizzled day, so there wasn't really any um anything planned in the family itinerary. So we had a sort of relaxed morning i think hannah cooked um avocado bacon uh, on toast type thing maybe some pancakes as well very nice so relaxed morning we ended up eating at about 10 o'clock which meant i didn't want to start my run until about 12 um so i just got out had a nice relaxed morning and then yeah ran for 16.1 uh kilometers in one direction turned around and then ran home um for, for my long run for the week which is yeah 20 miles of of drizzle and i'm not gonna lie it was pretty 
it was pretty grim. Didn't really enjoy that one, but I was happy to get it done. Um, but yeah, nothing really, really more to report on that one. Didn't see much. Just got wet. Didn't really enjoy it. But um, yeah, it was just one of those where just got to get it done. It looks really flat from um, K's seven to hmm. twenty six. It looks like pancake flat. What's yeah, pretty much. What's that about? Like how how? Well, you're sort of going around the uh, bottom of a bay or lake type thing so it is relatively flat it's more it's undulating um it's flat for the isle of mull i guess but um mm. certainly wouldn't want to do any speed work there really it's all sort of single track road yeah a little bit uneven uh, i guess there's no no way of driving to like that 7k point and pulling over and yeah doing your, your runs that way there there was that possibility and one of the days i did get a lift to the top of the hill i think but it was one of those things where you're on holiday you don't want to be an inconvenience asking yeah. somebody to drive you 30 minutes down the road to start your run it just sound, felt a bit unnecessary to me so i didn't opt for that option but had i been on the, on my own i probably would have done yeah that makes sense um then on to saturday so that was the big drive home and um, we left at eight o'clock in the morning and we didn't get back until 10 p.m at night so 14 hours on the road um and my back wow. was absolutely buggered um probably as bad as after we drove to manchester and back in the day and didn't get to and i didn't get to race um so i was keen just to get out of the car and go for a little bit of a, a jog um i got my housemate charlie out with me and we just did a, a lap of the block uh two and a half kilometers at 510 pace mainly just to shake out my back and then i spent about 30 minutes stretching in the garden and woke up today feeling a lot better so I'm glad I did that. Don't know if it helped, but uh, I think more of the stretching, more than anything, um, helped loosen up the back. And then, uh, quick question for you, Ben: Has um, it... Charlie's your housemate, right? So it's called Charlie. Yeah. Is is he started his football preseason yet, or is that a bit later on? Yeah, no, he's he's coming into his preseason, so hence why he's, he's been joining me on a few runs recently, trying to get his his fitness back up. Um, what what position does he play? He's a striker. I th I think a nice little segment once the season starts, right? When we record on these Sundays, <laughs> would be to get a little a little update as to if he scored any goals. Yeah, that would be good. Because then you know the audience can get involved with you know supporting what team he's playing for. Maybe you know get a few nice messages in for him. Maybe if he scores a hat trick or something like that, we can get him on the pod. You know, I yeah. think that'd be a nice little uh, dimension to it. So um, all right, if if he yeah, scores a hat trick, I'll get him on the pod. Well, I say Callum wants him. No, not for a whole episode. Jesus, we're worth more than three goals in in the, the <laughs> in, in the National League. Surely, you know, if you score three in the Prem, you can come and run it three ways. Who's, who's he play for? Uh, he plays for Hemel Hempstead. Oh, oh right. does he play for Hemel? Oh, he plays for Hemel. We should get down and watch. Yeah, we should. We definitely should. We can. Yeah, I go yeah, down I'm, at I'm, least I'm, once a month. I'm very keen. I'm very keen for that. I go, right, Sunday, I go and watch Sunday League in Hemel sometimes. So Alice's brothers play. So it'd actually be good to watch a uh, a uh, slightly higher standard, should we say? Yeah, there you go, a, Charlie. Let's get a hot do dog. couple of fans for you. Oh yeah, it. yeah, I'm down for that. We'll do that. Run it three ways live from Hemel Hempstead away. And then finally, my Sunday, I did a session this morning, absolutely baking hot, um, and I. Did three by 10 minutes threshold on my local loop and went out a little bit hot in terms of pace. I think the first 10 minutes was at 3.03 uh, and I was aiming for around 3.10, but I must have just gone a bit too quick, got a bit carried away. Um, and then that made the session quite difficult because I was basically overheating uh, for the rest of it. Um, took off my vest top, left it at the side of the road. And when I went, finished my 
last interval, it wasn't there. Somebody had nicked it. So yeah, rest in peace to that A six um, vest top. Got it in That's Boston, in, so it was, I was uh, sad to see that one go. that's in someone's shrine now, isn't it? It's hung on someone's wall, and they're just going to yeah. pick up little items that you've left along the way. I wonder if it was a resident that doesn't like me running laps and laps of the sort of cul-de-sac. That did cross my mind, but um... no, I reckon it might have been someone ca like who was more caring, and they were like, oh, "Yeah, that's what Meg said." Someone's left their thing. It won't have been malicious, surely. Yeah, it'll probably be on the uh, on the village group chat, so I'll have a little look. Yeah. <laughs> You say that though, people have their um their bottles stolen, don't they, when they're marathon training? Like they bought yeah. getting it. It's weird. You should, you, should doing just, this? you should just leave a little note. Ross Braden actually got his shoes stolen in Battersea Park when he was marathon yeah. training. So uh, <laughs> that's slightly worse than a bottle. But, but... but this is in a little tiny village in the middle of the countryside. I'm lucky if I see a dog walker, let alone somebody who's gonna pick up my stuff and, and Yeah, but, it, but... You, mate, you're forgetting you've got 50, 60,000 followers out there. Yeah, but know? not in not in the little village of Nonsley. Nobody knows me around there. Mate, people go travel to Brazil to watch Adele sing. They, go, they, can, <laughs> they can pop down to Chelmsford to see you do a, the threshold. Oh, well, I don't think I'd quite put myself on a pedestal with Adele. But um, anyway, the, the session was three by 10 minutes, average 3.03 per K for the first rep, then 3.08, then 3.15. Um, and yeah, back was all good. So that's not bad. If I'd done that session again, I probably would have started a little bit uh, on the more conservative side side rather than trying to hit sort of threshold effort in 28 degree heat. But um, yeah, long week, not not a lot of training in terms of mileage, uh, a little bit reduced, uh, 110, 112 kilometers of running this week. Um, and I think my next race is in about two, two weeks time now, um, racing a 5k in the, in the NAL. Well, hopefully if it's not cancelled by a little... 30 minute thunderstorm what's the date of that one uh it's not it's on a weekend it's on a saturday it's in nottingham and it will be i think the second week of july okay. i'm not sure what that is off the top of my head i was hoping it would be down south but nottingham yeah i, I don't care yeah. when it is i can't come to that sorry nottingham sweet good week of training mate say you're on holiday you still got the work done you practice what you preached some stuff might be a bit random, but I think you're better off doing it than just being like precious about it and you know avoiding your training. So yeah. very very solid, mate. And I hope you had a good break. Did indeed. I ate a lot of good food. Jumped on the scales when I got home, and guess how much weight I I uh, put on in in a ten day period of what? eating basically what I want when I want snacks, chocolate, well, I was running sweets, seventy everything. miles. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um... I reckon. Uh, 2.2 kg yeah 3k 3k 3kg 3kg oh, that's yeah it's wow. a pretty man. hefty uh, increase in weight so i need to yeah get although, back on the, um... although it, it, depending on like how much water you had and stuff when you weighed yourself compared to what your baseline was before you know that could easily 3kg is like it's a lot but if you drink a couple of liters of water you know it's, yeah exactly it's, it fluctuates a, uh, a kg i keep saying a kilometer um, yeah, yeah and, no and... i enjoyed myself this week I had a had a nice sort of relaxing down period and looking forward to cracking on the next couple of weeks and hopefully get myself into into 5k shape so we'll see yeah and for anyone concerned about the weight out there i'm heavier than i was and i'm running faster so um don't worry about weight doesn't exactly equal, yeah doesn't equal uh, fast no mm -hmm. not at all i reckon um to, it, to, probably... an ex to an extent if you're really heavy then you ain't gonna run fast you know if you're like <laughs> if you're like 150 or 200 kgs of it you know obviously <laughs> Yeah, I, I reckon that's probably the most entertaining weekly recap in running <laughs> podcast history. That 
I, I'm I enjoyed glad you enjoyed every it. single second. I did. Good um, stuff. Yeah, cool. Should we tone it down a notch? Um, yeah, who's going to who's going to um, follow that one? Well, I, you know, I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to boast, but I've done four days of activity this week. Go on. Um, which is the most in a very long time. So it was a bit of a weird week. This one, it was very, um, I was sort of all over the place. But uh, Monday, I didn't do any exercise because I had a half day at work, and then I was going to Brighton um for the lovely samantha's birthday actually little birthday bash in brighton very nice yeah very pleasant um but don't you worry i made sure that the uh the hotel that i booked had a decent little fitness center slash gym so i could get something done on the on the tuesday morning so tuesday sammy's birthday kicked her out of bed to get down to the gym um (laughs) 30 minutes on the bike which i made a right mess in this gym i was just leaking sweat everywhere um you know when you go to these <laughs> hotels you know you know the gyms in these hotels they're quite um uh sterile environments no one's really there to to necessarily work that hard the music's quite low and you you almost feel like you shouldn't be exercising there um well i was there i had uh, a sweat elite video i think it was julian wonders 28k steady long run up and i was just going for it like dripping everywhere there was a little pool um of sweat afterwards so i enjoyed that that's good fun love it um, gotta embrace it mate you should see me on yeah. the treadmill i'll get some right looks <laughs> people have never seen anyone run that fast in their life and there's me like going for it on the treadmill leaving a pool of sweat but um no get yeah. the work done i respect it i had to um i had to ask the bloke if there's any like towels or anything because i'd made a bit of a mess and he thought i'd spilt something i was like no 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 it's that's just that's me that's my just body hard work fluid, on the so. floor yeah um so no i enjoyed that that was good and then on uh wednesday i picked up summer from nursery and this week i was allowed to do some drills um and strides not not actual strides it's like 50 percent effort for about 50 meters or so so not you know like a strike that you do after an easy run or before a session but just opening up the legs doing a tiny teeny little bit of, of running um so i was really excited about this so i took summer down to the park this um, is the first had, run right but I, first yeah, run sort, pretty yeah. much yeah i mean i wouldn't really call it a, a run but it's the most i've it's the, it's the first time i've done any running whatsoever for about four months so i was still quite excited about it so um summer cracked on on the obstacle course and I did some some drills, much to the dismay of dog walkers. They were looking at me like, what are you doing? Because someone was just entertaining herself, you know, walking along this little wobbly drawbridge thing and climbing on this little climbing wall, whilst I was doing A skips and B skips on the gravel, taking it quite seriously. Um, so that was good. And then I did four, I think I did four 50-meter little jogs, um, which felt sensational, to be honest. It was... Uh, yeah, it was it was hard to stop. It was hard not to just keep going. Um, but yeah, no. The main thing is no pain, no discomfort, no nothing. Um, the only worrying thing is how like out of breath I was after literally running for fifty meters. Um, so it's gonna be, it's gonna be a long old road back to to running fitness. But yeah, it's nice to keep seeing these little incremental improvements. Um, so yeah, that was. That was Wednesday. Did you um, did you put a video of you running on Instagram at some point this week? 
I did, yeah. Yeah, so because I, I didn't actually see this, but Alice is on holiday at the moment and uh, with her family. And I was just on FaceTime until early today. I was like, oh, I've got the podcast tonight, blah, blah, blah. She goes, oh, yeah, did you see Tom ran again? And I was like, Aww. what? I was like, no, no, I don't, don't think he's run. I'm pretty sure he told me his first run walk is like next week. She's like, no, 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 he definitely ran. I was like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure you've seen the wrong person there. So turns out you do have some fans, mate, that are um, more on the ball and taking interest in the rehab. So <laughs> there, there we go. go. There we go. I saw Alice him running along a little towpath, made me smile. Yeah. How did it feel? How did it feel like running again? Does it did it feel weird like biomechanically? Can you remember how to do it? <laughs> like it's been yeah. a long time. Do you know what? Biomechanically, I actually felt pretty good. Like it, it didn't feel abnormal at all. But I was I was very, very aware that if if I'd been given free reign to just basically run as far as I wanted to. I, I really don't think I've got I'd have got that far, um, <laughs> which is yeah, it's a little bit daunting to be honest. But the the most important part this was a big tick in a box for like you've done drills, which are obviously you know about as close as you can get to mimicking running and the forces that you'll experience running without actually running. Um, and then I obviously actually ran, and there was like I say no awareness and nothing the preceding days afterwards. So. That was a that was a good sign. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, what I didn't enjoy is waking up. I had to be up before six on the Thursday morning. I had to get somewhere up and fed and dressed and off to nursery, and then I needed to be on a train at half seven to Devon. So it was a bit of a busy week, to be honest. Um, I went down to the Pro Direct offices in Newton Abbott in Devon to do a bit of filming. Um, did a little video for the Hoka Mac X, which I saw you just got today, didn't you, Ben? Did indeed. Haven't run in it just yet, but take yeah. it out this week at some point. Are we allowed to say bad things about that or not? Because I, I, like, it looks like, like a, it looks like a yes. nice shoe, but I swear. And bear in mind, you know I'm not the shoe person, right? So I know <laughs> I'm going to get these. I'm going to get the names wrong. But what's the Asics shoe that's grey and it's got like a red and orange uh, sole, and it ha- it like comes up a little bit? Do you get what I mean? Nah, you're not with me. I'm gonna have to Google it, boys. No idea. You're talking about a <laughs> colorway of a specific shoe. Yeah, yeah, but I, it's like the. You have to give me color. a bit more than that. It's like the color. Okay, Nova Blast Three, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know what? You know what I mean about it. You see how the the sole, the way that it's structured, it kind of like comes up quite high. Yeah. Yeah. Why have Hoka just copied that then? I don't think it's been like. Ben, take, um... take, ben, take a picture of them next to each other. They've just copied the shoe. It's just why are all shoes just becoming <laughs> the same? You know, I don't know, mate. I, I personally wouldn't have made that comparison between the I two. I know, I know, but you have your Mr. Impartial. You, this is a reason why you get sent pairs of shoes, and they I look nothing the same, shoes, like but completely different to me. If they were the same color, you'd be like, ah, oh, they look, you know, they could be from the same iteration. Anyway, sorry, that was just my thing that I saw earlier. Okay, I was going to say, interesting. If you're a shoe designer out there, seriously, get some original ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you're I saying think... the Nova Blast 3 is a direct copy, like the Max X is a direct copy of the Nova Blast 3. No, I'm saying it's been heavily, heavily inspired by. I don't want any allegations coming right, at me. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, all right. Well, I'll, I'll take a picture and put them on my um, on the um, right three on there. Yeah, but yeah, can do you those fo- look the same? Can you, can, you fo- can you do it in black and white so the colours don't come into I'll, it? I'll put it in black and white. All right, nice, nice. So we don't get the, that colourway sway in people's judgment. Yeah. Sorry, um, guys. That's all right. Where were we? What was so that was that was Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah. So I was on a train at half seven. I didn't get back until about eight o'clock at night, and I just thought I ran for the first time in four months yesterday a little bit, 
Um, I wasn't sore or anything, but I thought if there's one way to make myself sore, it's probably going to be to do a bloody long day and then slog it out at the gym. So I didn't go. Um, but then Friday, I did... What did I do on Friday? Um, I did uh, my little strength and conditioning routine. Did I? I know that. It says here yesterday. So on Saturday, was... we did that. Oh, yeah, sorry. so on Friday, I did um, some... None of this is on Strava this week. What's going on? No. Do you know what it is? It's nothing to do with the fact that Callum uh, dug into me a little bit for putting strength and conditioning on Strava. Yeah, it's just purely... It just like <laughs> it. <laughs> it's, it's purely because to put this on Strava, I have to do a manual upload. And every single strength and conditioning session at the moment is the exact same. I've got the same exercises, the same rep ranges, because it's not, you know it's not really about like targeting specific things at the moment it's purely about putting some load through the muscles that are going to be working whilst you're running and getting my body used to it it's not like oh you have issues with your post tib so let's do this specific exercise it's very 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 generic and it will probably get a little bit more specific from next week when i next speak to rose which is tomorrow um so i just thought i can't be bothered copying and pasting the exact same thing onto Strava every single time I do any strength and conditioning. Um, but I did go a bit heavier this time. I used a 20 kg kettlebell for my wow. goblet squats. So, you know. That's so, hefty, mate. Yeah. yeah. I don't go higher than eight, personally. So, really? Me there. Wow. Yeah. Keep it nice yeah, and light. Um, so, yeah, goblet squats, uh, calf raises, again, with a kettlebell, but only 12 kgs for this because um, I can't really hold it in one hand with, with 20. Um, and then some hammy curls some seated hamstring curls which feel fantastic by the way have you boys done them before oh yeah, they, yeah. that machine scares me a little bit oh Not i love it. I feel like it something feels like pop. they're gonna snap yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> that's why i stay well away away from yeah. that it's an interesting sensation it's like you're gonna it, it's gonna rip them off like if your legs can't do it it's just gonna pull your hamstring off that's it, what it, feels it literally like. does feel exactly like that yeah and then when you get off it's like oh my god i can't really bend down um but it's a good feeling and it doesn't it hasn't served me up any doms yet it feels very bizarre immediately afterwards um but yeah like the days that follow i don't feel anything in the hammies so uh yeah do that and then just a bit, just a bit of light nerve damage then yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe that's your new um, sport hammy curls what? hammy curls yeah just uh crank it crank it up as high as i can go um Until yeah, some... sounds great <laughs> seated leg press i've been told i can't do the one where you're lying down and the, the plate things above you because that will compress the spine and the sacrum of it too much so seated leg press which is also quite fun because you feel strong when you're doing that because you can push fucking loads of weight on it and it's it feels quite easy so that's fun um and then some little leg extension thingies to, to finish off and that's my current strength and conditioning routine i cycle there and back so gets the legs a little bit warmed up before you get into it um and then that brings us on to yesterday saturday where i did another 30 minutes on the gym i've got my headphones for this and um, oh, no. this gym plays uh kiss fm constantly so you've got some proper Gross. obnoxious person talking about bloody usher and j-lo tunes from the early 2000s <laughs> and it's like, oh christ so i had that absolutely pumping um and it's so hot I think I've said before, this gym is no thrills at all. There's no air con, there's no fans, there's no windows. So when it's like 27 degrees outside and you're on the upper floor, 
where all of the cardio equipment is fuck me it is it is unholy in there like i was sweating a, a quite concerning amount in a lovely air-conditioned fitness center in a decent hotel so imagine the scenes in a absolute sweat box um it wasn't pretty but we got it done and you're getting was, it um, done mate yeah these are the first steps you're gonna thank yourself it feels for quite good it does feel yeah. quite good to sweat um and then today's sunday i didn't i didn't do anything um i'm meant to be on just like a little cycle so uh not to overload too much i wanted to do some exercise today but i, I held off it um and i actually had a lovely catch up with um mr hobdell mr andy hobdell um who i think you asked a couple episodes ago if i've spoken to him much but he, he checked he's in. your he's your coach right for those who haven't listened to the early episodes yeah, the great Andy Hobdell. We'll actually talk about him when we get into the running news a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, he uh, he had a little catch up with me, checking out the cross training and stuff was going and sort of made a bit of a plan of action, more mentally than physically, to be honest, going forwards with like just how we're going to maintain the level of training that we want to be doing and the kind of times and stuff that we want to be running whilst also managing like the work-life balance and doing the things outside of just running because I think mm. the key takeaway from the last uh the sort of last six weeks before I got this injury is the training itself was was tip-top I got fit really quickly I was enjoying every step you know I was up and out early in the morning in the middle of winter getting these sessions done and loving it but you know the the stuff outside of running was lacking massively when it comes to sleep and nutrition and like sitting down at a desk all day and maybe not eating breakfast for a few hours after a session and that kind of thing so it's those those little things um and implementing the strength and conditioning stuff that i think will enable us to just yeah keep training to that sort of intensity and do more whilst not getting injured or not burning out or whatever it may be so yeah that sounds really interesting um good week would you say that's sort of your main takeaway from this period of injury is that you've basically got to be a little bit more flexible with your training and maybe be more like, I don't know, more like easier on yourself when it comes to skipping a session or skipping an easy run instead mm. of getting up at like five o'clock in the morning like you did in the past and trying to get a session done before a full day of work on your feet um, and then getting up the next day and doing something similar. Or is yeah. that the sort of conversation you're having with with um, with Andy or exactly it's a frustrating one because to be honest I, I was realizing um i realized recently i was actually on the bike listening to a, a podcast a sunday podcast i think andy did a couple years back and i was re-listening to that um and it made me yeah appreciate how lucky i am to have such uh an accomplished coach someone who's been in the trenches for you know decades doing this mm. stuff he knows he knows how things work like i i I've got full faith in him and we know that the training itself for both London marathon prep um, and like the six weeks or so before this injury, the, the actual training was amazing. We were both enjoying it. Like I was doing everything he asked of me and more, but that I, I was, I guess somewhat naive in the sense that I would prioritize what he had set me, what he had written on paper or on WhatsApp over basically everything else so if i had like you say a super long day at work i didn't really give a shit i still needed to do that that session which mm. 
it's it's a double-edged sword isn't it because I can't just not do that and be like oh I'll just run easy today because then I'm not going to get the results that I want gonna be training in the idea in well in the vision of Andy's coaching philosophy right if I'm just changing stuff around constantly then it's not it doesn't make sense it's not going to work in the same way so I tried to do everything as it was laid out uh which meant yeah like just making silly mistakes with that sort of stuff with refueling and with sleep and general recovery Mm. that I think it's the things outside of the running that tuck me up way more than running itself it's not a case of just running too much or running too fast it's uh the other things outside it 100 percent, i agree and a lot of the athletes i work with with some coaching help and stuff is that the best evidence that i've seen from it outside of my own life where i could set five athletes an identical week if i really wanted to and each of them would respond totally different some would be super fatigued some would handle it with ease you know it, it it would all be, this is athletes of the same ability, by the way, like similar 5k or marathon time or whatever, based on, you know, which of them have kids, which of them have a job where they're on the feet all day. Like the people underestimate how much stress adds to your fatigue. And even if you're someone who every day goes on a walk at lunchtime, and that's something you really like doing, like the days when it's boiling hot and it's 30 degrees and you go on your walk and you maybe don't drink as much water as you should. And then you wonder why your session in the evening, you know, slightly was messed up or the next day you woke up and you felt a little bit more tired than you usually did is all these little things that play into it but Mm. i guess the difficult thing for a lot of people and most of people probably listening to this podcast fall into this category is it's it's very hard to prioritize one thing over another and finding a balance that works is so difficult between you recognize i really want to try my best i put a lot of time and money into running i want to do you know run the best times i can but equally, you love having a social life or you have a family and you like going out with your mates and doing all these things. And at times it feels like, I'm sure you guys will have felt the same. It feels like the two things are totally incompatible of like, how can I go to this social thing on a Friday and have a really good time and get the most out of it, but then also expect to perform at my best on the Saturday when I do the session. And I've yeah. struggled a lot previously with like, where is that balance? And you look around and some people are just doing the Saturday. Some people are just going on the Friday night out. Some people are doing them both and are doing it successfully. And like, it's super hard to kind of find that balance. But I think if you start with the low hanging fruit of like, okay, if bedtime is something that, you know, you think, okay, it would be so much easier to not scroll on TikTok for an hour and just go to bed an hour earlier. That's a low hanging fruit you can start with rather than being like, right, I'm going to have to get rid of my kids, you know, because uh, (laughs) because I need to train. So I think that would be the advice is always like start with the real small things that you can just change, like getting a breakfast ready or, you know, filling up a bottle of water. So you have to take it to the session with you. Like all these low hanging fruit that we can all implement, I think is the, the key to it. Yeah, it's it's so difficult, right? Because again, I'm massively grateful for the fact that Andy believes in me, not more than I believe in myself, but when we're talking about times and throwing things out there of what should be possible based off the training that we've done so far, it's it's where I want to be running wise and where I feel like I should be. Like, you know, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna be running thirteen minutes for five K, but with the right training and with enough consistent foundation down i should be you know like i should be striving for for like yourself ben i reckon based off where we both were probably a couple of years ago we were at a pretty similar level and i I definitely say that your your talent probably is is higher than mine your your talent level but in terms of like the the 
times that I want to be running. It's similar to what you're running now. And I think it's totally achievable. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it's that it's that balance, which is the hardest thing to work out and that I've by no means mastered because um, I'm sure you've seen stuff floating about when you are just scrolling on Instagram and um, there's everyone's got a podcast these days, right? But it was a good thing I had about the uh, the importance of relationships, not just significant others and partners, but just connections to friends, family and so on. And you, you can be the best runner you can possibly be if you disregard all of that connection, right? You can put running first, you can prioritize your session or your long run over any kind of social occasion and you'll get better at running. But if it means that you're not happy because you're not as connected and you're not doing all of these social things that, you know, uh, improve your overall mental health, then eventually the running will slip down as well, which I've also experienced. So it's it's a bloody hard balancing act, um, but just going to go slow with it once we get back into running um, and try and navigate it properly this time around. And like you say, focus on the things that are easy to, to affect and easy to change, like sleep and mm. like nutrition. Like those are two things that any anybody and do better at and therefore improve their running and their performance and everything else uh, without having to go above and beyond and make, you know, quite extreme sacrifices. So that's the plan, really. Mm. Yeah, I think before we go on to Callum's week, for me, I find on this topic of like basically trying to fit everything in and still doing the training load, I find that I can almost get away with doing it maybe once or twice a week in terms of, for example, if I've got a shoot day or if I've got a full day of of work and I still want to get my my long run done I can get I can get up at five o'clock in the morning get that done but I can't it's not something I can do like over and over again if you know what I mean I can get away with doing it once per week or maybe twice per week but I think for you uh in your in your sort of work and um your sort of workload you have to just be a little bit more flexible in yourself in terms of being a bit more understanding that and what I'm trying to say is mainly trying to come up with a, a way of returning to, to training like you were, but maybe having a bit more of a flexible plan. So, for example, Andy sets you two workouts for the week and then you put them into your week where they fit, if that makes sense, rather than trying to do your workout on a Tuesday when Andy says to do the workout. Yeah. Uh, when you know you've already got like a full day of work that day and it's just going to be a big sort of strain on your body. Um, I don't know if that's something you can factor into your plan that would be my take on it anyway yeah I think you're right that's what I've been thinking a lot about like even um working in a, a less conventional cycle like a 10-day cycle or something like that because there's mm. there's definitely times where I could do a long run on a Friday morning absolutely no dramas but there's absolutely no chance I'll be able to squeeze it in on a Sunday so there's stuff like that where you know my weeks might get a little bit more unconventional going forwards where it might be a Friday long run and a Monday session for example yeah um I, I think, think it's just works really well for you. Yeah, I, I think I just need to get out of the headspace of a week is Monday to Sunday. And if you don't do your session on a Tuesday and Thursday and your long run on a Sunday with some steady running in the mix and some easy running in there, then it's not a proper week of running. Just need to try and get out of that almost like OCD type mindset. I think of that is how you have to run. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a very long winded update of where we're where we're at currently it is indeed i think a good conversation though yeah yeah hopefully it's useful to anybody else who's uh 
injured out there or coming back from running or trying to run and manage family life and work life and everything on the side. So yeah, well, yeah, well, we're Tom, all in the same well, boat. While you're on it, one of the listener questions that I wanted to ask at the end, but I think it makes way more sense in the podcast to ask you now, is uh, a guy called Matty Carlton, who I think you met at night at the 10Ks, right? Oh, good Matty lad, Carlton. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I've actually put Matty Carlton brackets legend on this. I've actually put ledge. <laughs> um, he, he messaged in, and I can't remember the... I, I've paraphrased it here, but essentially he, he ran a marathon when he had a stress fracture. I presume he didn't know he had it at the time and he found out afterwards, obviously. And he said, Tom, how did you cope mentally not being able to run? And I know in previous episodes you've talked like in de- detail about it, but if you had like any quick fire tips or like a main thing that you focused on when you were not able to run for all this time and now getting back into it, what, what would you kind of say it was? Yeah, I think try and answer it as quickly as possible. Um, the first couple of weeks, the first two, three, four weeks, just totally relax, switch off from it and focus on anything other than running if you possibly can. Um, Cause I think you, you're not going to be able to do any cross training or anything of any benefit to your injury in that period of time really all the advice i got is during that period you should rest as much as you can um and i think it's such sounds so easy uh to just put it out there but i think you've got to be just patient with it just take your time like at this point in my recovery there's really no difference in another couple of weeks if i'm not running properly again for another six weeks then i've already done you know 12 14 16 weeks of no running at all so another six is is nothing in the grand scheme of things so i think patience and realizing that you know a few months of not running is a drop in the ocean compared to another 10 years that you've got ahead of you 10 plus years or a lifetime ahead of you um no need to rush it now and just uh yeah take your time and get someone try and find someone like i've found like with rose who is knowledgeable in the field and can answer the questions that you've got because if you're anything like me you've got a hundred million questions all the time about this injury and what you can do what you can't do what's too much what's too little and so on so yeah get some good people around you and just take your time patient yeah and as take that said these scars run so deep it's been hard but i have to believe just have a little patience (laughs) so there you go remember remember so remember take that when you're thinking about that I was gonna, I was gonna sing it, but I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it without laughing. Oh, I was hoping you would sing it. I couldn't bring myself to do it without laughing, so I thought I'd, I'd go with the slow delivery. <laughs> seriously, I enjoyed ser- that. Seriously, that is a banger. That so, yeah, just, just ask yeah. your, uh, ask your AI of choice to play you that song. I can't mention mine, otherwise <laughs> she'll, she'll start, she'll start barking in the corner. Um, That'd be all right. Our first guest. but no got a call with rose tomorrow uh and that should spark the return to running i'm pretty sure based off all of the things that we've spoken about um based off all of the ticks that are in boxes at the moment the next step is run walk so this time next week when we record i should have some actual like runs to talk about um so yeah good good times ahead um but that's that's enough of that come on callum Unreal. We're, right. We're over an hour in now, aren't we? I know, but this is a quick week. I'll I'll fire through this week. So uh Monday I did um a run at lunchtime, just a single run, nine point six five miles at seven tens, uh with Connor Flanagan. Uh that was nice. We just did a couple of laps of uh the grass and then swung back around for a bigger loop. Nothing really to report. Um yeah, normal run. Tuesday, I had my pre-race run, so basically easy plus some strides. Um, I've 
this year I've been doing my strides a little bit different because most of the times, apart from one race, I've not actually been on the track before. So I've just been doing them all to time rather than distance. Um, and I've been doing like one longer stride of like 25 to 30 seconds and then like three three to four, like 15 second strides, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, so that was good. And then, is that Tuesday? Oh yeah, so then I flew to Germany later that, yeah, that was in the morning. Uh, I had my flight later on in the day on Tuesday. Um, so arrived in Germany. Um, I was in this place called Funkstart, which is like 20 miles north of Frankfurt or south of Frankfurt. I can't remember. One of the two. Um, really small little place, completely underestimated how small it was. And as soon as I was there, I was like, I definitely should have stayed like in another town close by and then just, you know, got an Uber or like traveled just for the race. Because when I say there was nothing in this place, there was literally like three takeaway pizza places couple of hotels that were shit and an athletics <laughs> and an athletics yeah. track. I presume they had like a doctor's and like they will have had some actual things that you need to survive. But for the purpose of going for a race, it was a shit place to be. But the weather was nice at least. So did I a could shake see not I could see an Irish pub on this map, Callum. Well I couldn't see that mate. Let me tell you. You try and turn up there. Remember it's not a weekend. You try oh, and right. imagine the oh, I'll come on to it when I race anyway. Um shake out in the morning. Um, because I wasn't racing until 9.47 p.m. 9.47 p.m. 9.47 p.m. I raced. Um, so, yeah, did the shakeout way before. Like, was that loads of hours? Can't even work that out, like 10 hours before. <laughs> um, yeah, so got down to the race a couple of hours before. I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast, but I actually had my first Red Bull. I think I did say, didn't I? Um, <laughs> before, before my last race. So I thought I'm going to carry it on now and just, you know, try and get some more caffeine in as soon as it worked uh this time i actually opened the red bull a couple of hours before i was planning on drinking it just to let all the the fizz go away um and i drunk it a little bit close to the race so if anyone's looking to experiment with caffeine i can tell you um red bull works so get on it um so yeah drunk that on the way to the track got there chilled for a little bit um didn't have any cash to pay for my entry. Didn't even know I had to pay for my entry. So had to PayPal this German woman 13 euros. So that was, a... <laughs> I just presumed I didn't have to pay. I don't know. Like maybe that was a bit big headed of me, but I had to pay 13 euros. So PayPal her. If you're listening, thank you for being so, uh, so kind, but get a card machine. Cause I've already said once on the podcast, get a card machine, did my warm up, and then, yeah, raced at 9.47. A really good field, actually. Um, the PBs were, well, PBs slash entry times were, like, between 3.34 all the way to, like, 3.41. I think I was, like, the second or third slowest, like, going into the race on paper. Um, the pacer was supposed to go through in 154 through 800. And to be fair to them, I think they did. It was Guy Lermont who did a good job. But the guy that was behind the pacer, whose job was to make sure he went with it, kind of didn't. So we actually went through 800 pretty slow, the slowest I've gone through yet this year, 158. Um, so I knew I needed to kind of get my skates on, but I felt so comfortable again, you know, brilliantly. And that third lap where I'm normally a bit shit, I actually, you know, picked it up and, you know, started to feel like I was running really well. Went through the bell at 241, which is the fastest I've ever been through for a, a 1500. So I was like, right, I know I can get a PB here. I just got to kind of just nail this last lap. Um, made a few moves, passed a couple of people, and yeah, finished a new PB, 338, 67. So um, last three races, I've made great progression 340 in my first race, then 339, then 338. So by my calculations, 12 more races, and I will break the world record. So. <laughs> 
I'll be a three. <laughs> I'll be a three twenty-six man on episode forty-one. I think that means, isn't it? Episode forty-one. So make sure you tune in for that one. And yeah, cracking race to be honest. Like I know I can run faster. Or, or like when I was going into the race, I knew I could get a PB. So it's kind of I wasn't like absolutely buzzing, like you know, shouting and screaming happy because I was really pleased. And I still think I can go a bit quicker because in the race there was stuff that. I'm not being that guy that gets an A star and is like, gets an A and is like crying because he didn't get an A star because I'm so pleased and I am satisfied with it. But there's still stuff in the race where like, I know I wasn't hurting to the level that I will be when I run like my full potential time. Like it it felt too, I was probably on the side of caution and was I didn't didn't maybe throw myself at it early enough. But again, when you're in the moment and you know that these margins are so small and the wheels could fall off at any point, it's quite hard to, you know, completely you know 100% commit to it you kind of go in with a plan of I'm gonna run you know 58 seconds or whatever it is and then you just want to stick to your plan um but yeah great race um amazing for Adam Fogg to win um 335.7 so a two second PB for him uh and he's in a great race this week uh in the Ostrava Golden Spike which is a, a gold tour event so you know he's got a really realistic chance of trying to get that 334 qualifying time now which would be amazing for him so Always good to catch up with him, and um, yeah, pleased to, to to get beat by a at least a good lad. At least um, the other thing to note in that race is the guy that came third. I don't know if you can see the results here, lads, but Cameron Myers came third. He ran Australian. Three, he ran three thirty six point one, right, and he turned seventeen two weeks before the race. Wow, born in two thousand six. Yeah, so seventeen year old three thirty six. He's supposed to be at school in Australia, but he's just come over to race. He has to go back to school. It's nuts. Impressive stuff. I know. Well, so, yeah. It freaks me out a bit seeing 2006 as a as a birthday. I know he didn't even watch the Ashes in 2005, mate. He was he was in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> he did He's not see cooking. that. He didn't see that flint off bowling spell. Let me tell you. <laughs> anyway. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. So that was Great my result, race, mate. Well done. Yeah. Good. Solid race. Got in a a little longer cool down. 3.2 miles um, cool down just because the volume racing midweek always kind of throws it off a little bit. So um, Aguila wanted me to get in a, a little bit of a long one. So I did, oh, sorry, I did 3.2 mile cool down. And then I thought my hotel's so close, I'm just going to run back. So I just tacked on another mile. Um, and where you, where you run back from the track, you basically go through the whole of the town center, which shows how small it is because it's only a mile from the track to the hotel. And every single food establishment was closed. There wasn't a single thing open. Even like I'm talking like the, you know, like the kebab. The like kebab. You know where you look at it and you're like, how are you closed? Like you, I, I've never seen you closed before in like, you know. Um, so what I had for my dinner this evening after running 338, 1500 PB and going back to my no, non-air conditioned cheapest hotel room I could find. Um, <laughs> I had two bananas an OTE lemon flapjack and about three or four blueberries. That was my dinner. Wow. Delicious. What a terrible, terrible, terrible nutritional choice that was. What what you haven't done though yet, which I'm quite disappointed about, is a a review of this hotel because you've stayed in some some interesting ones over the oh, last few months. What was this one like? This hotel. So I got shafted here. So basically, the race organizer, like, fair enough to him. He was like, oh, yeah, I can give you an entry. Great. So I had to pay for everything myself. Fine. Like, not a problem. I really want to get into a good race. That's Didn't even right. give you entry, though, did he? I, okay, Made you pay well, £13 on the night. Well, no, but he gave <laughs> me an, an entry to the A race. So right, right. Um, and then he goes, oh, we, do ha- we don't have any support for 
uh, accommodation, but we do have a, a recommended hotel um, where if you mention the meat, you'll get a discount. So it was like super, super cheap, right? For two nights and breakfast in this hotel, super cheap. I turned up and I realized how why it was so cheap. It was, uh, the, I feel bad talking about it. Well, no one's going to go to Funkstar, are they? Because the woman who like ran the hotel was absolutely lovely. Like lovely woman made an effort to like, you know, speak in broken English to me. Really nice lady. But the place had no air. Co- it was like a pub with a hotel built in. But the, I didn't see a single person apart from this woman. I'm pretty sure I was the only person staying in this whole place, right? It felt haunted. I had a single bed in a room that honestly looked like, I don't even know. I, I wasn't alive in the 60s and 70s, but I'm sure that's what they used to live like. Honestly, it was it was battered and wooden. Um, wooden. Yeah, no, <laughs> no air con. No air con at all. And it was 30 degrees. Um, the towels, right, in the bathroom. The what? I, the the towels, what you dry yourself with, oh, right? Okay. I had one, like, bath, bath mat. Do you call it a bath mat? That's what I call it, right? So, like, one that you put on the floor, yeah, normal. And then I had, rather than a, a towel that you would dry yourself with, leave it on the floor or, like, hang it up if you want to use it again, it was like a... How do I even describe the material that this was? It was like a jersey material. I don't know if that's the right sort of... Anyway, this thing looked like it should be a, a rug not a not a a towel so that was like drying myself with sandpaper every time i had a shower and i was having like five showers a day because bear in mind i've got to wait until 9 p.m for my race so i'm in this hotel room just sweating for the full day apart from a couple of hours in a cafe so i was having like four cold showers a day and every time i got in the shower i was like fuck i'm gonna have to get out and dry myself with this absolute (laughs) rug now so anyway i'm on the website now yeah, have you I'm fa- on the have website you... looking. How at have it. you found it? Have you? Because you look on my Strava and find it. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Right. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? It looks like it was frozen in time. I, it literally does, yeah. But to be fair, it was 110 euros for two nights, including breakfast. Not bad. So that I don't know how much it's supposed to be without the athlete discount, but there you go. But you know, the, the thing is, as much as I joke about it and dramatize it on the podcast because it's funny. It is an amazing... Every time I go to these places, I think this is so cool because I would never come to this random place in Europe. I'm staying in a really random place that I've had to organize myself. I've not got backing from, you know, a big brand or anything like that or an agent who's just like pulling all the strings for me. I've sorted it out myself and I'm about to just walk over to a track and some of the best athletes in the world are just going to compete. You know, I'm staying... It's crazy like Peter Bowles on in the race before me. Guys, you know, Commonwealth Games medalist, you know. And he's been on I'm a Celebrity Australia. So, you know, it's a big deal. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's crazy that all these little European cities and, and towns and stuff can host, like, world-class athletics despite having seemingly no infrastructure at all. I just think it's really cool. So if anyone ever fancies going to one of these meets with me, tag along. We'll go together. It'll be fun. Hmm. Um, yeah, that was the race. Next day, I just had an easy run, 6.16 miles. Um, was supposed to double when I got home in the evening, but alas, I didn't actually get back to England that evening because of my flights. Um, so that was just 6.16 miles. On So that would have been Thursday. So I was supposed to fly home from Frankfurt straight to London. There was a bad storm, apparently. My flight got cancelled. Um, so I had to fly from... Frankfurt to Munich and then I was supposed to go Munich home to London so I thought all right it's not the end of the world a couple of hours added on you know won't double that's cool got to Munich everyone's rushing off this Frankfurt flight because we're all on the same connection being like oh great at least we're gonna get home we have one more flight left 
As soon as we get to the gate, boom, flight cancelled. So I stand in this an hour and a half queue again to rebook with Lufthansa. And they say, <laughs> I'm really sorry, you ain't getting home tonight. So um had to go and stay in another hotel. This one, you know, I mean, uh, better better than the last one, but still not good, right? I don't know if anyone's had, had it with an airline where they put you up before, but I've never had it. And I just presumed like, okay, the hotel isn't going to be great. That's fine. Like, it'll just be a standard hotel. I'm not a picky person. But you get dinner included. And I just had in my head, and maybe I, maybe this was really naive of me. I don't know what you guys think. I had in my head, like, they either give you a voucher for the dinner or, like, you just go to the hotel restaurant and, like, you just order what you want. Do you get what, within reason? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what – I didn't really know what to expect. So I turned up, like, you know, wait to be seated like you do at any restaurant. She says, oh, it's just table for one. I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, I'm stuck here. Just going <laughs> to have my dinner by myself. Yep. And she goes, um, oh, would you like anything to drink? And I was just like – uh, and she could see that I was pondering like what I was going to have. And she went, oh, the first drink is free. And then you have to pay for all the others. So that was a red flag straight away. That only one drink was going to be free. You know, like I couldn't even have like a couple of a couple of glasses of Coke or whatever. So then I'm waiting for like I'm I'm looking around again as I wait for my drink. And I'm thinking, oh, she's going to bring the menu. You know, like when a waitress sits you down and bring the menu. No menu arrived. She's walking towards me with the glass of Coke in one hand that I ordered and a plate of food in the other. I've had no choice about what I want here. The food... <laughs> The, the food is already the food is already on its way. Okay, again, I'm not a picky eater. Something in right, I'll just firm whatever this is. It arrives. I'm gonna have to post a picture on the podcast Instagram account. It's, oh yeah, I think I saw this. It's a, it's a chicken drumstick, like a like a uh, a leg of chicken. It was like, cooked about three hours ago by the looks of things. Three three weeks ago, mate. Jesus, this <laughs> thing was like I think dry old bone. I, I think they'd cooked it in the sun. Like no <laughs> no fire had been used on this thing, right? Some some um. Obviously, it was cooked, but frozen vegetables that you get in a bag, like the chopped carrots, broccoli, like that kind of vegetable medley that had been just sat in boiling water, probably, because it was like genuinely just making the plate wet. And then some boiled white rice. That was it. And bear in mind, I didn't have, bear in mind, I didn't have dinner the night before. So I've gone two days now without having a proper <laughs> hot meal. All I've been eating is salami baguettes and blueberries. I've not had anything to eat. So I, I just, I ate it. And I was in, uh, at this point, I was like, I don't, uh, you know, I had to get up at five the next morning to get a flight. So anyway, I'm, I'm in Munich. It's not even Munich either. The shuttle to get to this airport was freaking ages. I think I was basically in Austria at this point. So I wake up next next morning. I wake up 4.55 a.m. Alarm goes off. Got to be downstairs for the shuttle at 10 past five. Right. Brush my teeth. Clothes on. Bags already packed. Great. Get down there. Everyone's waiting for the bus. Everyone's giving each other the look of like, oh, this has been an adventure, isn't it? But we'll be home soon kind of look, right? Walk into the airport terminal. Everything's fine. Sit, have some have some breakfast in there, a uh, little coffee, doing a little bit of work on my laptop. And I, I just look at the screen and it caught my eye. Flight cancelled, right? This is the third one cancelled now or fourth one cancelled. So I had to stand in this hour and a half line yet again, right? Oh, mate. In Munich. These guys go, oh, we haven't got any flights back to London, so you're going to have to fly to Berlin. What? My... <laughs> what is this? Tour de Germany? You know, so I have to fly to Berlin, right? And then wait in Berlin for God knows how long and then fly back to London. So by the time I timed it and I got back to London, uh, literally exactly 24 hours later than I was supposed to arrive, but I went to three extra German cities. So, wow. yeah, that was a, an absolute travesty, but you know, it is what it is. The 338 kind of had worn off towards the end. I was a bit fed up, but um, yeah, what an adventure to tell people, eh? 
Yeah, I, I would love to know because I'm sure we've all been in this situation where flights get cancelled and you're waiting for ages and so on. What's what's Callum Elson's general vibe like when when the third and fourth flight get cancelled? Are you still a bit like, yeah, come on, it's all right, we'll all band to together, fa- or are to you be... in the mud? To be fair. I on this trip I was overwhelmingly positive and I think the reason was is because one I was well one I was pleased with how it ran so I was like you know what it, it, like if you'd offered me this before would I have taken it maybe that's how much I want to run well like if you'd said to me your flights are going to be crap but you're going to run 338 you can have it now I might have taken it so uh, partly I was thinking that and secondly I I hate to like I think it can become quite, you can make it worse for yourself sometimes by it being a bit toxic. Like if you start complaining, you're like, oh, this is shit, we should get this and like blah, blah, blah. And then mm. everyone else in this long line starts doing it. I think you can actually make your experience drag way more. And I just sort of recognize, look, I'm lucky enough that I don't have to be at like a, a job tomorrow. I don't have any meetings or anything scheduled. Like I'm just going to have to text a few people to say, yeah, this job's going to take a bit longer. I'm going to be a bit delayed. Like, people are in far worse situations than you. So if you can just be the guy that kind of smiles your way through the queue and like doesn't kind of be rude to the staff and stuff, like you'll make it a nicer experience for yourself. Um, But when this, when I was, when the final one got cancelled that morning, once I'd been up at 5am and I'd not had that meal and stuff, I was a little bit like, you know what? Like I need to take a few deep breaths. I'm going to be really rude to this woman and kind of, you know, say what the hell is going on sort of thing. But yeah, but contrary to what you would imagine me, I was actually pretty good, to be honest. But um, I was just a bit lonely, to be honest. I've been by myself for about five days at this point and not spoke to a single person in Funkstar and then not a single person at the airport. So, um, oh. I know. There what was go. the first meal when you got home then? Um, oh, Chicken God. on the bone. No, no, no. So this is another story for you fellas here, right? <laughs> Brace so, yourself. So I've landed, I've landed at Heathrow. I've got to get back to Cambridge. Takes about two hours ish but you can't go direct from Heathrow obviously so you've got to get the train to wherever King's Cross something like that so you're on the you're on the underground get to King's Cross and then I don't know if well the predicament I was in was basically I can't remember the exact times but imagine this there's a train in say six minutes to Cambridge and that's the fast train or there's a train in 30 minutes to Cambridge and that's the slow train so if you get the slower one your net time of arrival is probably going to be about two hours or, or, or an hour and a half after if you get this fast one. So you'd think, right, just get the fast one, wouldn't you? But then imagine your belly is absolutely rumbling, right? Like you are going to die of hunger at this point. Like you are absolutely starving. So I thought there's only one thing for it. I dashed into Leon, which is right next to the Oh, I love Leon. Yeah, oh. so do I, mate, but wait for this, right? Dashed into Leon and I thought, I literally I can't wait for them to make the food here, so I, w- w- oh, I'm gonna no. have to I'm gonna have to order whatever they've got ready. So I went up to the boss man and I said, I said, what have you got ready? And he turned behind and he just like <laughs> I didn't even hear what he said. Something burger, something wrap. I said, yeah, one of them, one of them. Contactless, slap down, straight in the bag. <laughs> run to the train, run to the train. I get on the train, right, and I get on the train. I, I even got a table seat, which is great. I'm thinking, oh, I'm here. I'm gonna be home. I'm gonna be home in no no problem. <laughs> Let me see what I've got in this bag. <laughs> oh, Lord of mercy, right? This is the, the scran I've been looking forward to. And I, this had to be a nice scran as well because I had to run when I got back, hence why I had to eat. So I opened this bag, pull out the wrap. What is it? The one thing that I always look at, at Leon and think I would never order that. Spicy Korean crispy chicken wrap. 
that blew my socks off. I was, I was, I was weeping. The woman next to me, I just had a phone. Fa- I'm weeping now. The I've woman, got tears in my eyes. The woman opposite me, right, was a doctor because it, it, she had a little NHS badge on, and she. And she must have thought I had a family bereavement or something because I was, I was eating this this barbecue wrap. And here's the second worst thing, right? Not only was the wrap too, too spicy, I made the mistake of eating the wrap first. So when I came to the burger, which by the way was actually delicious, this was like a chicken. Uh, I don't even know what kind of burger it was, but it was lovely. It had some nice nice mayo and stuff in there. But my all I could taste was this like Korean barbecue chipotle spicy thing. So I just, yeah, couldn't even enjoy the burger. So that was just, you know, I just had to scram it down. But yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. Normal. So the train, train oh. pulled up, train pulled up, got home, completely normal. Uh, and then I ran later in the evening at 7.28 p.m. I uh, did eight miles at 6.37s. Um, so yeah, that was that was Friday. And to be honest, I felt great on that run. I thought, oh God, I wonder if I'm going to feel really tired or malnourished or whatever but fueled by a bit of spice i was absolutely fine and uh got got a solid little little run done so happy yeah. days excellent stuff what um, a trip mate i know i'm aware i'm, I'm aware i've uh, i've spoken for ages there so i'm gonna fly through <laughs> this um saturday i had it which was yesterday i had a session on the grass with a really good group for this i had a bit of a longer but lighter session so i had six times a k which uh, i did at about 253 average um off 90 seconds then I had two 600s, which were a bit faster, 129. So that's kind of like a bit slower than 1500 pace. Uh, and then a 300, which was faster than planned, but because the fast boys were doing it. So I just kind of tried to tag along with them. And that was 40 seconds. And those final three reps were all off two minutes. Um, so, yeah, basically just a bit of bit faster than threshold work. And then some, you know, 1500-ish pace reps just to stay in touch with speed. Nothing too crazy um, based on the fact that I'd raced on Wednesday. Um, cooled down and then this morning as of recording I did my long run 13.26 miles at 6.59s so about an hour and a half and that was hot started quite late didn't start till about 10.30 oh 10.38 oh no rookie area that is well I mean I could have gone earlier but to be honest because of the days that I'd had I wanted to make sure I got some good sleep and then secondary I was running with Adam and Holly that were both in Cambridge so I was like I'd rather do it with company so um, yeah did that so 62.2 miles for the week, an eventful one, um, but a positive one because another PB. So, yeah, keep rolling. Racing again this week, so hopefully get another PB and, um, yeah, see how it goes. What's this What's this race, the, the next race? Uh, Watford BMC. So hopefully no travel issues, just getting to Watford. Uh, no flights needed. And I'm doing an 800. So oh, I was going to ask, actually. Yeah, I'm doing an 800, so... Um, I, I, I've not gone under 150. I, last one I did was what, like April last year or May last year, I think, uh, on a very windy day and around 150 point something. I don't actually know what point it was. So if I can get a PB on the weekend, that'd be great. Bit of under distance. Yeah, well, it's British champs the week after, so kind of don't want to just keep drilling out 1500s for the sake of it. And this 1500 will have some good people in it, but it's not kind of like a stacked, perfectly set out field. Um, so yeah, I'd rather do an 800, get a bit of speed in and treat this week for a good bit of training because British champs for anyone who's done it or knows of it knows that it's basically just a 400 meter race at the end. So you've got to be prepared to run fast. So yeah, 800 should, should help with that. Definitely. Sounds good, mate. Should we jump into some, uh, some running news? I have to go through this quite quickly, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to fire away? Yeah, I don't mind. 
soon as you wrote the notes this week, I'll, I'll take the glory for all your hard work. Um, so he had a backyard ultra world record, Phil Gore. He ran 684 kilometers in, in the ultra backyard competition. Very impressive. Um, podium 5K, we had Mark Scott in first place in 1345. Mary uh, Nagui ran uh, 15.25 for first. So, yeah, impressive runs from both men and female front. Sorry for butchering your name there, Mary. Um, we had the New York City Grand Prix. Uh, I think Mo. Mo. <laughs> I think Mo. Sorry. This is uh, going well. This is going well. She returned to racing and she won it in 158. 28 second last 200. So, yeah, good show of form, especially in the later st uh, stages of that race. Her and, um, um, and Keeley is going to be exciting now, isn't it? Now they're both sort of, you know... Up and running again. Yeah, well, the, ma the, yeah. Mad, the mad thing about I think, Mo, is that's her season opener, 158, toys yeah. the field, closes in 28 seconds, and everyone, like, because she's not done anything, everyone thinks that she's, like, going to be a bit shit, and she literally yeah. said her she's like, nah, I'm still pretty, you know, like, I'm not shit, basically. Um, yeah, She'll be shit. absolutely fine. Um, Eric Holt, the Bolt. I reckon Callum wants to talk through this one. This guy's a legend, right? Eric Holt the Bolt. If you don't know about him, look him up because his interviews are probably the best interviews that an athlete can give. Like, not in a cocky kind of way, but just so raw and funny and, and really good. And he's a super talented athlete as well. He beat a really good field. He won in 337, but I think he's run 335 or 334 before. Um, and yeah, gold label event. So what that means is he's got enough world ranking points that if he comes in the top three at uh, the USA Trials, then... He could go to Worlds, which would be a great story because he's unsponsored. So imagine in the 1500, which is pretty much like the premier event in athletics, if an unsponsored athlete going to Worlds for the USA would be, it's probably never happened, to be honest. So uh, apart from like college kids, but yeah, shout out Eric Holt for that one. Yeah, very good run. Um, and the other result from the NYC Grand Prix was Zarnell Hughes ran a new British 100 meter record. We don't usually talk about the shorter distances that much, but this one definitely Deserves a mention. He ran 9.83 for a world lead and a new British 100-meter record. So, yeah, beating Linford Christie's 20, 30-year record, I want to say. Um, impressive. Yeah, and very impressive run from him. Extra mad thing about this as well is if you go on to Citius Mag's Instagram, Zarnell Hughes does journaling, right? I don't know if it's every morning or just when he's going to race. And he oh, wrote, yeah, I did see that. He, he wrote in his journal that very morning that he's going to run 9.83. And then he gave like a range of paces, like for some other things. But he said nine point eight three, and then he actually did it, which is pretty nuts. Mm. Could could be fake, but I doubt stuff. it. Yeah, it's questionable, isn't it? No, it's definitely not fake. Why would you fake that? You know, unless you're a complete freak. I don't know. Have a look at the nine point eight three bit. That eight looks a little bit dodgy to me. Ben is <laughs> <laughs> so running calls out British hundred meter record holder for pretending he knew he was going to run nine point eight three. Yeah, there you go. I rate that. Good on you, Ben. <laughs> I'm just saying. This, I mean, yeah, fair play if you did. But it's quite an easy one to fake. Just write down on a bit of paper. I'm going to run, blah, blah, blah. Job done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be right. I I'd might do it for the next race. I would question the motive, but you could be right. Yeah. It's an interesting one, though. Mm. Go, go on, Callum. Take us through the uh, the key results for the race that you did, and then I'll go. Oh, well, I, I basically already touched on it. You had Cameron Myers, who's like Australian kid prodigy that ran insane and then i just thought it was worth a mention in the 800 ethan hussey who's only under under 23 actually athlete not under 20 he 
um, was in the B race for the 800, and he won in 145.08, which was actually faster than everyone in the A race, which included like Elliot Giles, Dan Browden, some, some quality runners. And that actually puts him as the UK lead right now. So he's planning to go to the under-23 champs. I know that, but it's another serious name in the mix. So there's probably, off the top of my head, five guys now, five guys, five guys that have run um, one forty-five this year in Britain, and then probably another five or six that have run one forty-six. So that race at British Champs will probably be the race. I'd say it'd be more exciting than the fifteen hundred. Honestly, I think that'll be the race of the champs. That'd be insane. Amazing stuff from Leeds as well. Yes, he's from Leeds. Yep. Shout out to Kevin Hussey's dad. Probably not a listener, but a great bloke. There you go. <laughs> what other results what, we got, one? Tom? Um. Chance. Because it just says yeah, yeah. loads off. of results. Yeah. Cool. Uh, park run. Um, Andy Butchart broke the uh, the male park run world record somewhere in Scotland. I think he ran thirteen forty five. Now, what's super interesting about this, aside from the fact that it's just cool that you're seeing people like him rock up and and run park run. Um, do you remember a few months ago the women's record was being broken left, right, and centre? Mm. Um, so this record was held by Andy Badley for over a decade, who is coached by uh, Andy Hobdell, right? And it was, if you don't know the story, uh, Andy Badley failed to qualify for the Olympic finals and he was a bit down and dejected about it. So Andy Hobdell said, there's a little bit of a pick-me-up. Let's go down to Bushy Park, Park Run, um, and just do a hard little hit out. Andy Badley, uh, Andy Hobdell was on the bike, Um and told him he was going slower than he actually was. And then he ended up breaking the world record. But Andy Butchart, Andy Badley, and Andy Hobdell. So if your name's Andy, get down to your local park run. And uh, odds are looking pretty good if you're having a good good run, I reckon. Yeah, or if if your name's Melissa Courtney Bryant as well, you could go down and break the women's record. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was pretty cool to see pop up over the weekend. Um, Always always amazes me how much publicity something like that gets i mean it should yeah. do but like that makes headline bbc news you yeah. wouldn't see any sort of athletic result get on that sort of platform unless it's like i don't know a new british record for for keely hodgkinson or something like that but yeah, yeah but if it's charged 1345 park run for him probably like nothing special front page news it's weird because it's re- it's reflected in your audience, Ben. Surely, like you must see with the YouTube analytics now, like of your yeah, subscribers. If you make something about parkrun or something that the common person can relate to, or even like five Ks in general, people understand five K as a concept. Whereas if you do a video about something a bit more rogue that the athletics fans would love, but your more mainstream audience probably wouldn't. It's probably the same yeah. with this podcast, to be honest. Like some people definitely hate the running news because we talk about niche things like Eric Holt the Bolt. And they probably love the listeners' questions because we talk about things that apply to everyone. Yeah. Um, and v- vice versa, there'll be people that love the fact that Zanel Hughes got a mention. So, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, the, the, the only other thing I slapped on here was the Western States 100, which I'll be honest, right? Apologies to any trail running enthusiasts out there. Uh, I know very little about. Obviously, I've heard of the race and I know of like some of the, the top trail runners who you see out and about, but I know very, very little about it aside from that. But Tom Evans won on the men's side. I think it was the fourth fastest time ever. Um, mm. which Came third last year. Good. Yeah. First this year. Yeah. He, and he, 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 nice he, post. 
He has the best celebration of any runner, I think, as well. That that iconic salute, because obviously he the was in the army. Yeah. He, he was good. a military man, so I I like that. I think that's really cool. Very good. Very good. And then um Courtney Dalwater won on the uh, on the female side. And, and she, again she, I think she broke the course record by seventy eight yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's her, it's her <laughs> crazy, course it? record as well. Yeah. She held I the wonder, previous record. I wonder how you can be that much better than everybody else something which is run over such a long period of time do you know what i mean mm. like how is she that much better than than the next fastest female i would love to mm. know like, how well, that I works w- i wonder what it is as a percentage yeah that's what, what i was mean. thinking so, like it might be a similar percentage to say how good one of the female world records on the track is compared to the next person like faith kip yagon's 1500 yeah is probably percentage wise. I get. Well, I say probably. I've got no idea. So I'm asking. <laughs> might 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 be a similar percentage to the next person as it is over a hundred mile event. I'm not sure. One of mm. our stats stats driven listeners will definitely work that out for us. Yeah, go on, get on it. Um, but yeah, I think that'll probably do us for running news this week. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely, great Class results. That. Yeah, and loads that we've missed, we're very aware. So you've got to send us in if you want the results. Like the Backyard Ultra World Record, I don't have a clue about that, but two people messaged in, so I thought that's what the people want to hear. So if you've done a local event, you've got a good result, your friend has, your mum has, send it in and we'll mention it if it's you know if it's available for us. Anyway, questions or, or wrapping up? Yeah, I think we've got time for some questions. We had a bit of a shorter yeah. episode last week, didn't we? So maybe we can offer a bumper episode this week, as I think you promised them. The, the listeners Callum so yeah maybe you want to take us through some listeners cues I don't I don't make promises anything said, said on this podcast is improvised comedy and should not be taken seriously That's my, uh... <laughs> read the small print yeah if any yeah. listener any listeners are lawyers okay we'll start off with a great question um and this is I know you guys both um we've kind of talked about before hardest geezer is running the uh length of Africa okay Russ firstly thoughts on it so far I know we've talked about it previously but second question is don't know if you saw the recent post but they got held up at gunpoint recently mm. and they lost their wallets passports iphones camera drone the full lot robbed at gunpoint so any thoughts on that what do you think some people are calling for him to stop the mission and say he shouldn't run across africa it's too dangerous what do you think um yeah i'm loving following along i've watched pretty much every youtube video i think the uh russ himself is such a awesome guy just to follow along and like fair play he's chosen to do something that nobody's ever done before he's doing it he said he was going to do it he's obviously had quite a lot of well probably more obstacles than i think he was going to have like he's had this ongoing i don't know what he wants to call it stomach issue or gut issue where he's basically been pissing blood um he's had issues with getting from country to country with visas obviously now he's just been robbed at gunpoint um, I remember one on a previous episode, he was talking about having to basically add an extra 500 kilometers onto the trip um, to avoid like some really um, dangerous place. I think it was the Republic of Congo. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been fascinating to watch it. Um, hopefully. But what, but what are you doing in that situation? So let's say, Ben, you've decided to do this or, or Tom, you know, and you've had to text your respective partners that are back at home and you've had to say, Hello, I hope the, hope hope the weather's good in England. Just being robbed at gunpoint, everything's gone. Yeah, you know, are you uh, are you still pl- what what next message are you saying? I think it's time to come home, or are you saying, don't worry though, I'm gonna keep keep jogging. Yeah, got to, got to go. It's a tough one. I think 
for me personally, I'd probably be like, look, that's probably enough now. That's a sign that things are probably not the safest to like, it's not the safest to be doing this. Like I need to put other things into perspective, but these sort of people that take on these missions, like your Will Gouges of the world, your, your hardest geezer, they're, they're not stopping at anything. If you know what I mean? Like they're going to get up and go out and run no matter what, like Russ has, has showed us he's been, he's been ill and he's still like banging out 50 kilometer days. So I think these type of people, they're so, their sort of type of mentality is is very much like i'm gonna do i've I've said i'm gonna do it so i'm gonna do it if you know if you know what i mean yeah yeah should also say he's doing it for an unbelievable cause as most of the people who end up doing these sorts of ultra endurance challenges are but i think he's doing it for the for the running charity who mm. i've got the website up and it says uh yeah their their goal is to use the positive power of running to help young people experiencing homelessness and complex needs. So can't really think of a, a more fitting cause for it. But it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because that's, that's no joke, being held at gunpoint. You're talking about people, you're not talking about people who are maybe a bit pissed off that you're on their land. You're talking about these people in your life yeah like literally they could not care less if you lived or died if they get your stuff or don't get it do you know what i mean like they're they're not on instagram being like oh that was russ hardest geezer who we are uh, apprehended you know mm. like it's a totally different stratosphere isn't it yeah um, and I'm, I'm gonna speak in sweeping generalizations and based off things that i've seen in you know various documentaries or things that russ has said in his videos so i don't mean any offense by this but i also think like the political structure of some of the countries he's running through there is you know a significant level of corruption compared to a lot of europe so mm. it my my like concern would be you can't just ring the police and be like hey guys like i'm doing this thing can you protect me or can you help me i'm sure a lot of police would but in certain countries and certain people i think there's probably relationships between gangs or you know people that are up to no good and the police where it's kind of a thing of like yeah, so there's this guy with a van with thousands and thousands of pounds of stuff inside it. If you fancy just popping along, they've got no mm. weapons and they're not going to fight you because they care about their lives. Like, do, do you know what I mean? It's not like kind of, I, I, I struggle to see how for the next six, seven months he's going to be heavily protected and safe wherever he goes. Yeah. But yeah. the only thing I could see happening is like, he almost needs security, but yeah. you can't, you can't, how do you afford to get security for six or seven months? You know, I, from what I've seen, he has sponsored videos. He has a couple of sponsors on board, but they're not swimming in cash by their own admission. So to pay for a, you know, ex military person or someone that's, you know, got weapons or something to come and look after you is pretty impossible and that's probably it. not legal. Yeah. That, that's it. It's the level of security, isn't it? You're not looking at Barry who works the doors at a nightclub in Sunderland. You're looking at people who have got like serious, pedigree of dealing with pirates right essentially is what we're talking about yeah so, and also like if he's yeah. the hardest geezer then surely like there's no one hard, <laughs> there's no one harder to protect him is there so, exactly you just fight yeah. him off himself but if well, you're um go, go on tom no i was gonna say like we've seen a lot of this recently like obviously will googe you got that ned brockman bloke uh uh josh joshua patterson jp he ran like a marathon in every different city in the uk or something like that yeah. Um, wh why do you think we're seeing so many more of these people popping up doing these outrageous endurance running events and challenges? Or shall I say a super unpopular opinion? Yeah, go yeah on. I'll say something. And I, I, you know, you can debate with me all you want on this, all you want. If you're doing something 
that's superhuman. F- fair enough, this doesn't apply to you, but this just applies to ultras in general. It's easier than, than running fast. That's just my opinion. I think it's easier to do, and more people could, could do seven marathons in seven days than they could go out and run a super fast 5K. I think that's the God's honest truth. It's easier to train for, and it's just mental power. Your legs do the whole thing. Whereas if you want to go out and run 30 minutes of 5K, most people can't do that. So I think that's why a lot of people look to ultras or longer distances because it's more achievable, especially at a later age in life, than it is to um, you know run at a time that people will be equally impressed with uh, in races. That's an unpopular opinion, I know, but I'm here to tell my, my truth. No, I'd, I'd agree to a certain extent, but I think we're talking about people here who are not just doing an ultra. They're running uh, like to the point of exhaustion every single day for Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It excludes, it excludes, well, but, like for Will Gooch, for example, that was speed. That was, that was, he was the fastest person to do it, or like one of the fastest people to run across America. That is a, like a, you know, a speed event. But I think for mm. a lot of the things where it's, you know, yes, you're doing a marathon that day, but if the marathon's taking seven or eight hours, could, do I think most people could do that if they've got some level of mental resilience and also, you know, don't have to, you know, every day you just wake up and your job is just to do the run. I think way more people than they think could do it. People don't know their own potential. And I think people that have been through a little bit in life, if you said to them, do you want six months to go and run a, or do you want 78 days to be able to go and run a marathon in each city? I reckon a lot of people could do it, you know, unless they got completely injured or something. Um, whereas if you said to people, do you want to train for 15 years in the hope that you might run, you know, 10 seconds quicker over 5k and run 13, 20 or whatever. I think far few, you know, far less people would be able to do that. Mm. Yeah. I get where you're coming from. But no offense to anybody out there. You know, what do I know? I'm just a guy on a laptop in his front room. Yeah. <laughs> I think it also, it's easy. I don't know. I think these things are, are great for social media as well. Like I reckon people run in, these type of things in the past like pre-social media they would have just done them like got the done got the achievement maybe made a local newspaper or a headline for a week whereas um these sort of challenges are something people can follow and get behind for like months and months so for example like russ running across africa people can get invested in that storyline and follow along where so i think like social media as a platform really helps like um, bring light to these like crazy endurance activities and probably encourages a lot of people to to give them a go themselves because maybe they're thinking you know if you're somebody like Russ started his uh, his journey with like twenty thousand Instagram followers and like now he's on two hundred ninety thousand so like you're going to get a lot of publicity you're probably going to be able to make a pretty big career out of doing something as crazy as as running the entire length of Africa so. Yeah, maybe that's another reason why we've seen a lot more of these challenges is because people think, well, I'm not going to get any recognition if I do run, you know, 13, 13, 30 on the track. I might as well go and run across America and and uh, and get a load of publicity for it and, and make a decent living. So yeah, I think I that's th- also a factor. Yeah, yeah, I think to an extent, like, I think obviously we're massively overlooking and it's like goes without saying like these people do really care about the causes we're not at all knocking it like you know you can see how in order to get through these events you need to have like people call it their why don't they and i'm sure the charity element or like the demons that they're battling or the you know doing it in memory of loved ones that's of course like the main driving reason and the vast majority of people that are doing these like superhuman things of course it's way more impressive than being able to run a fast time or do whatever but i think you're definitely right ben in terms of if you've got a goal 
and your goals are like, I want to raise money for a charity and I want to inspire people to get out the door and do fitness, then why the hell would you, you wouldn't say, oh, I know who's going to inspire that, Caleb Elson doing a 1500 meters. No, of course not. You'd say, actually, the guy that's going out and doing a marathon dressed as a lampshade, you know, because it is, <laughs> it, it appeals to people more. And you're like, oh, he's done 26 miles as a lampshade. I bet I can go out and just do three miles. You yeah, know? exactly. Whereas you don't I think that's what at, it is. Yeah, you don't look at Jake Whiteman and go, wow, Jake Whiteman's really inspired me to go down and do a track session. I'm sure some junior, some kids and like there's some adults out there, but a very, very small percentage compared to, you know, when you see the really inspirational people like the firemen doing London Marathon in all their kit in 30 degree heat or whatever, you know, that is super inspiring stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it depends on your goal, really. But if your goal is just to get the best achievement you can, I think the the longer distance you go, the more impressive things can seem without it actually being that impressive. For example, running 100 miles in a week seems to the average person that it's way better than doing 70 miles a week. But if the person who's done 70 has, you know, smashed out some sessions and the person that's done 100 has just walked it all, then, you know, it's, it's not the case. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the last thing on this, I love the contrast. I've just been flicking through some of the hardest geezer images and then some of Will's pictures from the trip. And uh, I found a carousel on, on Will's page from day 29 where there's like some nov- lovely ice-cold Modellos out of a <laughs> Yeti cooling fridge. They've got a nice little rug down outside the RV where he's got a, a selection of shoes, a bagel on the go in a very nice-looking pan. The, uh, the massage gun, the pure sports stuff. Like the chasm of difference between them is, uh, yeah, is, is very funny from a visual standpoint. Um, yeah. But both two very, very hard blokes doing something amazing. So that's the, that's the thing that matters most, right? It's just, it just made me chuckle a bit going through those pictures. Yeah, definitely. Different lifestyle in terms of yeah. the approach. I know which one I'd choose. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, should we take right. another question? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. What do you fancy? Uh, I reckon Neil's question here about, uh, he says, I find track racing uh, or 5K track racing, he said specifically, much harder than the road. Uh, any tips on dealing with the laps? Any advice? I don't Tom, know. You ever, Tom, you ever raced on the track? I've never done a track race, so I'll, I'll keep still on this. Ben, any advice? Hmm. Well, I'm kind of in the same boat as, as Neil, really. I find a road 5K a lot easier um maybe not physically but certainly mentally than running on the track um but i think i don't know best tips to on the track maybe try not to count the laps would be my advice just try and get in the zone focus a bit more on your effort get in a pack and just try and switch off for as well for as much of the first race first half of the races as you can really um because if you're constantly thinking oh i've got 12 laps to go i've got 11 laps to go i've got 10 laps to go i think mentally that can be pretty draining um so yeah i'm kind of with neil in the fact that he finds road racing a bit easier um but in terms of dealing with the laps i'd just try and switch off a little bit um i'd say i I think yeah you've got to go one or two ways with it either one is completely switch off and just trust yourself to get into a rhythm and try and not think about it just you know think about other stuff or do the opposite and think about every single lap and take it as an individual race so be like right just this lap so if you need to hit say 80 seconds for that lap or 90 seconds then you know first lap be looking at the clock be like okay 90 seconds lap your watch and then just be like cool onto another one and treat you know count them down and just focus on one lap at a time and i think depending on how your brain works sometimes you can actually you know focusing specifically on what you're doing can um 
you know, break it down into smaller chunks and be like, okay, just a 400. What's a 400? Just two 200. So that's, you know, 45 seconds, 45 seconds. And you can, um, you know, you can do it that way. So yeah, mm-hmm. it is it's hard, but it just comes with experience. I think everything on the track to do with your positioning, how it is to run around the bends, you know, like how it is to get have to get off to a faster start than you would on the road. All these things only come with experience and everyone finds it hard um, yeah. no, matter, no matter what level they're at. So just got to do it more basically. Yeah, I find, especially for track racing is you need to do maybe two or three before you get in the groove of it. Whereas you on a for a road 5K, I kind of always know what I'm doing. Whereas a track when I go back to track season, I always have to remind myself of how track racing works. Like, for example, if you run in lane two, for one lap you've run like five meters more than the whole field so that's something that can really hamper your your run whereas in a 5k on the road you sort of just sit behind them and and crack on whereas little stuff like that you need to sometimes remind yourself that yeah track racing is different and it's going to take you a few a few races to get back in the groove definitely definitely um can i ask one final question before we wrap things up boys i think this is a great question from dylan I know um, what this is going to be. Dylan says, do you think you've taken more walking or running steps in your life? And what's your prediction for the end of your life? Will you have walked or run more steps? Any thoughts, what boys? This, was, this stumped me, this one, honestly. Great I wonder question. if that's an original question or if he's heard that somewhere else. I don't know. It's a great question if he has. Um, I would like to know, before any of us answer, I would like to know when this question popped into his head. Was he in the shower? Was he sat on the toilet? Like, where was he? We need more context. Yeah, come on, Dylan. Um, I reckon I'm going to start off with, I reckon I've walked more than I've ran. But I reckon over my entire life, I'll have ran more than I've walked. What are your thoughts? Really? Yeah, I only started running at like 21. So surely in in the other sort of, well, I've been on this earth for 25 years. Only four years I've been a runner. So surely in the 21 years that I wasn't a runner, I must have walked more than I've run. If you know what yeah. I mean. That's my thinking anyway. You do run a lot though. I do run a lot, but I've also walked a fair bit in 21 years. I don't know. Have, have a look. I was just trying to get some... Um... Well, I, I've, I Googled it just to see what came up. And I, I don't know how accurate this is, of course, but here it just says it's roughly 2,000 steps walking per mile. Mm. Yeah, and mm. one thousand six hundred steps running per mile. So you're taking more steps when you're walking per distance, but obviously on a run you go way further than you would normally when you're walking. And I think a big a big thing for this is like if you walk to school when you were a kid, because that's a lot of steps, you know. Mm. But then I was thinking that I was like, of course I've walked more. I walk to school every day, so you know it's a couple of miles. Probably got loads of steps in. But then all my childhood, I played football four, four or five times a week, and that's running isn't it? Oh, so yeah. I, I probably, you know, playing sports as a kid that involved running around, I probably did in equal proportion to walking to school, walking to a classroom, walking to the pub, you know, all these things. So I probably think I have run more steps than I've walked in my life. This this might sound stupid. Um, I'm and sure there's someone fights. out there. Think about water fights. How many steps you run around in a water fight? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Daily water fights. <laughs> But listen, right, if, if Ben's running 100 mile a week, Callum, you're doing sort of 70-odd miles and I'm doing 65, 70-odd when I'm, when I'm running, right? If you're running that much in an average week, there's, there's no way you're walking a fraction of that distance in an average week, right? No, like not if, at all. If, if you've done a 20-mile run on a Sunday, 
you might walk there's some Sundays or some weekends where I might walk three miles across the entire two days. So it's massively out of proportion that way. The ratios are all totally out of whack. So I reckon, I don't know how you would ever prove this, but I reckon it, you'd, you'd have run a surprising amount of steps comparative to the amount of steps that you've walked. Because mm. I, I don't think I've ever walked. I think I did one day walking around London or somewhere where walked about six miles and that was 30 odd thousand steps something like that just walking without running on top but if you do your sunday long run you'll get back and at the end of the day you'll have done well over thirty thousand steps a lot of the mm. time so i think i'd be tempted to say running i'd be tempted to say I've run more steps than walked mm, interesting one yeah. sorry if, sorry if you guys can hear a uh, dog barking the neighbor's dog is uh, is going for it so uh Apologies about anything. that. You can't hear it at all. No. Oh, that's good. No. Um, yeah. Sorry. Interesting. Again, uh, people that have a more mathematical brain than us and <laughs> want to provide some kind of logic on this, I'd be I'd be interested to know. Um, I want to so, see some graphs. Yeah. So some not, bar charts. So not, it up. Yeah. So not only like have you run or walked? This is a question for all listeners. Not only have you run or walked more in your life. But could you estimate a prediction for the end of your life in your use case, you know, in your specific circumstance? Because um, I'd love to know how many steps you cover in your life. That'd be great. Mm. Quality. Great Let, question. A little bit of audience interaction there as well. <laughs> what a way to end the podcast. <laughs> oh, dear. It's, so, been a, it's been a great episode, boys. It's great been episode. a good one. This I've, I've been hefty that frantically Googling numbers now. Um just to try and get some sort of estimation. Um, oh, look, I can't. I don't think we're ever going to know the answer. Look, apparently, <laughs> if you did seven and a half thousand steps a day, so that's pretty low. We're probably doing double that Very every low. day, right? So let's say we'll double the number, all right? So if you live until you're 80 and you average 7,500, then you will have walked about 216 million. 262,500. So let's double let's double that number. Give me a second. Times 2. What have you done, Tom? So that would be Who just wrapping it up? 432,525,000 steps. Right. So so here so here so here's a question for you. Here's a question. Of those 432 million steps <laughs> that, that 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 you've done in your life. How many do you think were outdoors and how many indoors? Oh, God. Because <laughs> that's a I good like question. Because I used to walk around school corridors a lot. So that's a lot of indoor steps, to tell you that. Anyway, mm. that'll be next episode. Tune in to find out about that one, indoors or outdoors. How long have we been recording for at this one stage? Hour, we, we, we're about to come up to Kipchoge's Marathon. We've done one hour 58. We're on our this way. Is this is by far the longest episode. Yeah, yet, but right? we, we had a, we had a lot of spiel before we started recording. I reckon it's about one hour fifty. Yeah, Very still, that, that's that's the longest, right? What's the longest we did before that? I don't know. Maybe if we just spend another five minutes talking about how long the podcasts have been, <laughs> <then> <laughs> we'll, we'll... we'll hit a new world record. Yeah. <laughs> All right then, uh, chaps. Quality um, boys. Looking ahead to next week, anything, anything to report before we uh, call it there? Tom, what are you doing? I'm I'm running, hopefully. Well, nice. ben, 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 what are you doing? Uh, I am running as well, but I'm off to Berlin for a couple of days with a, a running brand. Find out next week which brand that is. Asics, you already said it on last episode. 